Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, well, another week, another day to breach, this time affecting roughly 20 million people. There's significance with this day to breach. I want to bring your way in the Clark Rageous moment. And coming up later, there are new rules concerning you doing business with a full commission stockbroker. I want to make sure you know what it means to you and the risks to you doing business with a full commission stockbroker. And talk about something that has been growing like a plague, and that is the robocalls, the spam calls that seem to be all we get on our cell phone. And it's funny because the number of them now, the best guess is we're approaching 5 billion scam calls a month in the United States. And when you look at your phone now, unless it's a family member or a friend, pretty much you know not to answer your phone anymore. And I'll get a call and I won't recognize the number. And it's a condition response automatically to let that call go to voicemail. But what I love is the tools that my cell phone provider gives T-Mobile. They pop up those notices, scam likely, um, or um, there's another term they use when it's not necessarily a scam, but it's a junk phone call. And it makes it so much easier. And then on top of it, I use Umail, which I've told you about before, which is a, a voicemail service that also has tools to get rid of scam calls or spam calls or whatever you want to call them. And so it will also block things that T-Mobile misses, and it'll give a notice later that it blocked the phone call, that it rejected it. So these tools, though, are pretty haphazard. And the cell phone industry has been slow on the uptake. Now the feds, through the Federal Communications Commission, have come up with new rules that allow the cell phone providers to block junk phone calls. Because apparently the cell phone providers have very easy tools to block most of these junk phone calls we've chosen not to, except for T-Mobile. And so the FCC new order gives them uh, protection to block the calls and not worry about maybe messing up and blocking somebody they shouldn't have blocked. But they also gave, specifically Verizon and AT&T, this would apply to others as well, to charge people for blocking the scam calls. Now, I believe that the market pressures will eliminate the ability for anybody to try to charge you for long. But the good news is that you're going to have a much better comfort zone answering your phone, at least for now. In the ongoing technological battle between your cell phone and the people that would try to scam you or spam you, you're going to have more control. And that's great. It's something that in our politically divided government is something that 
there was no disagreement among people of any political party, which was great to see. And we have Judith with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? So excited to hear your voice. Well, great to have you here. How can I be of service to you? Um, first of all, I've been listening to you for many years and now have my eight-year-old um, addicted to you. So she recognizes all the cues and all the songs and the Clark Regis moments. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> so she was excited to know that I got the opportunity to ask you about um, a problem we had that arose uh, last week. Um, What's that? As a family of 17, we were scheduled to go to Cuba on those infamous Cuban cruises um, in the July 4th holiday. And we've been presented with what seems to be good options, but I was curious about what you thought about this situation and um, if you felt that it was um, fair. So one of those options... Oh, well, first let me give background to people who may have missed the news stories. So the Trump administration... Uh, decided that American that cruise ships leaving from American ports could no longer stop in Cuban ports. And the Cuban uh, tourism business for the cruise lines has been gigantic. And there's been a lot of people who've been very curious or maybe have family in Cuba or just want to see the place who've been going on these cruises and... There was a decision made in, I don't know where in the Trump administration, but there was a decision made to immediately ban those stops. And so the cruise lines have been scrambling, trying to figure out what to do because they were not given any grace period to really plan for this. So your cruise line has offered you what now that you can't go to Cuba with the 17 of you? Um, well, which is the primary reason, right, that everyone wanted to go on that cruise. Um, so they diverted to uh, ports in Mexico, and they're offering us a 50% uh, refund per stateroom of the cruise fare paid. And if I decide not to eat or drink that much, um, I end up getting that back after the, the cruise is over or um, a refund of our entire money. Obviously trying to uh, reschedule 17 people (laughs) for a family trip, the canceling is not as great of an option. Sure. Um, But um, I'm to hear your thoughts on this. So this is what I've recommended. The Cuban cruises were extremely popular with the American public. And so a lot of the times the cruises were effectively more dollars per night than cruises on equivalent ships going to non-Cuban Caribbean ports. So what I would like for you to do is best you can compare and maybe look at something like Labor Day. Well, you can't see the prices anymore. Um, you know what you were going to pay. Yeah, go ahead and look at an equivalent night cruise. Was yours a four-night cruise? Uh, it was a five-night cruise. Five-night cruise. See what five-night cruises seem to be for the same kind of cabin on the same cruise line for cruises around another holiday period like Labor Day. And okay. see if the price of what you were paying at half that would be a deal. Okay. Does that make okay. sense? Because 
because another cruise that was not calling in Cuba may have already been a lot cheaper than what you were paying per cruise night or per cabin. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. So maybe they'll feel better spending $500 versus, say, a typical one would have been $900. Exactly. That's how you'd know whether just taking the half price would really make sense. Okay. Wow, so if you advice. find out that half price is still more than you could book another cruise at a future date, then you might want to just do the refund. But what you'd lose is it's so hard, as you said, to get the whole group together. Uh, you might want to just take the half price and say, hey, that that we're sailing by right now, that's Cuba over there. Look through these binoculars. You're seeing it. <laughs> as my eight-year-old listens to Clark and say, put Clark on and say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, a, it is a tough one because the cruise lines, poor stockholders of the cruise lines, too, are going to get clobbered by this. But cruise lines are doing fine. They'll overcome the hundreds of millions of dollars they're going to lose because of this. But the thing for people who do want to go to Cuba, I should mention this as well, and that is that there are still a dozen different qualifying reasons you can fly to Cuba. And there are a lot of very affordable flights to Cuba if that's something you want to do. And you self-report which of the 12 reasons you want to go. And um, it's a pretty simple list of things that you very well might be able to qualify for. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jeff. Well, hello, Mr. Howard. How are you? Great, but please, you have to call me Clark. There's no Mr. Howard here. Yes, sir, Clark. All right. What's going on? Well, in about a year and a half, I have some term insurance that's got to expire. So I asked the representative uh, to meet with us and do some numbers of what what options we had. And he brought over over a, a product called a variable universal life policy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my and- goodness. That is a full five-alarm fire there. Variable universal life is garbage. It's trash. It is the worst possible piece of insurance junk you could buy other than some kind of annuities. Don't go anywhere near that. Variable universal life policies have been a total and complete disaster for people. And they are pushed very heavily because they have gigantic commissions for the salesperson who's pitching it to you. But the thing you need to know is that variable universal life policies routinely, you heard the bomb blowing things apart, routinely blow your wallet apart because the agent is allowed in most states to show you illustrations of what that variable universal life can grow to and then in tiny type, say, for illustration purposes only, has nothing to do with the reality of what happens with the policies, which generally what happens is they can't sustain themselves, and you're hit with basically a cash call for many, many, many thousands of dollars is down the road to keep the policy in force, 
or the policy dies and you get hit with a massive tax bill and you have no insurance. There is not any situation that exists where anybody should ever buy a variable universal life policy in any circumstance. That's interesting you put it that way because he is, this person was claiming that you put so much money in per, per month or total allowance per year and then it builds up, it compounds a quote-unquote 7 to 9% savings account. He says the only negative liar, about liar, this... Liar, pants on fire is all I got to say to that. Not to you, okay. but to that insurance person. That is, okay. that is not true. It is actually, it's an out-and-out lie, and none of that's guaranteed. Again, that's just made-up numbers to try to make a sale. Do not meet with this individual again. Okay. All right, so as far as your situation, are you healthy? Yes. And how old are you? 49. And what's your purpose for life insurance? I want to make sure, in case I... Something happens to me, I want to make sure my wife and uh, boy is taken care of. Then, However, then you had the do. right stuff already. You're in good health. Buy a new level term insurance policy and just replace that. Okay. And salespeople, it's not worth um, their time or they can't even pay their for the gasoline in their tank to come and sell you a term life insurance policy. So they're going to try to roll you over into something trash like this variable universal life. But there are a number of companies that will quote you a new level term policy right on the internet. And so the internet doesn't have to buy gasoline or pay a commission to a salesperson. And is there a, I'm sorry, is there a such a thing as a veteran discount term insurance? Uh, there, uh, were you USAA? You have USAA? So I would get a level term insurance quote from USAA, since you're already with USAA. And you also, I've got a guide on Clark.com of various companies that will quote level term insurance, but buy a policy from a company that's rated A++. And I talked through all the terminology for you on my briefing on Clark.com on what you should be looking for is the features in a level term policy. I'm so glad you called me before you bought that trashy, horrible, just ridiculously rotten variable universal life insurance. Today's Clark Rageous moment is yet another chapter in something that almost causes people to yawn now out of just exhaustion with the whole data breach thing. You may have heard that the two big uh, medical testing labs, Quest and LabCorp, both had data breached or compromised, and it's roughly 20 million Americans that are in this data breach. And interestingly enough, it was a third-party vendor that both of the labs use, both Quest and LabCorp use. And so the information the criminals have varies it can be uh, credit card information can be checking account information in some cases maybe social security numbers and others not and so the data breach thing and names addresses all that stuff so the data breach thing just goes on and on and on and on and so you get to a point where you just 
you know, just throw your hands up and give up. Don't. Don't do that. So, you know, the standard tool in my toolbox is for you to do things that are simple that push the criminals out of your life. And the most important thing for you to do, fair weather, foul weather, all data breaches, is put in place a free credit freeze. We've got the credit freeze guide at Clark.com. But the other thing with medical, which accounts for roughly half of all data breaches, never list your social security number on a form. Never. If a medical provider says they won't do business with you not filling in the social security box, we have a list at Clark.com of fake social security numbers you can use that are never anybody's real social security, so you can meet the requirement to fill out the form. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our main website, Clark.com. You looking for bargains? You looking for deals? Check out ClarkDeals.com. Over the years, I've, as well as I could explain, warned you about the problems with doing business with a full commission stockbroker. Full commission stockbrokerages are ones other than places like uh, the two big, Schwab and Fidelity, where, uh, and then there are some smaller discount brokers. The full commission stockbrokers are where you're signed to a salesperson who sounds like they are helping you plan for your money, but they are salespeople. Their job is to push what their brokerage has them push. And their job is to sell you products that have ultra-high cost to them and also that may involve kickbacks that are paid by various companies to stock brokerages. And so the, the salespeople, the brokers are told which ones to push that generate the big kickbacks. Well, the federal regulators in an organization called the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and they have released new rules that actually make it easier for brokers to pretend they're protecting you, but at the same time stabbing your wallet in the back. And it's called regulation best interest. You're going to get a lot of uh, propaganda in your monthly statements if you do business with a full commission stockbroker, making it seem like you can rest easy. But what's really important for you to know, the full commission stockbrokers are not what's known as a fiduciary. You should only, only, only do your investing through what's known as a fiduciary. That's somebody who is legally required to put your interests first. Or automatically that's happening if you go with one of the discounters or you go with one of the low-cost fund houses like Vanguard. So what you need to know is under the new rules, a broker is still able to put you in junk. They are not required to put you in something that is best for you, They are, even though it's called regulation best interests. They are still able to put you in things that are going to cost you a fortune and likely lose you money over time. They are still able to put you in things because the brokerage house gets kickbacks for putting you in those items. So really nothing's changed other than this window dressing 
giving the brokers this cover to pretend they're protecting you when they're not. When you are looking for someone to advise you on your money, on your investments, on your goals for your future, the only kind of person you should look at hiring is someone who lives up to and is legally under the fiduciary standard. Fiduciary, it sounds like such a SAT word. Let me tell you, it is the key differentiation between a salesperson selling you stuff because of what they earn on it versus somebody who has to do what is best for you. And fiduciaries are available so many different ways, so many different places. You hear me talk about hiring somebody through uh, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, NAPFA, hiring a Garrett planner, hiring someone at a firm where you pay him or her for the advice you're given, and then there's no influencing in the investments they might think would be the best choices for you. So know that not only have things not improved, no matter what propaganda you're going to see from a full commission broker, it's actually worse because now they can pretend that they are required to do what's in your best interest. But they may be using that term as a slogan, blessed by a federal agency, but the reality behind the curtain is completely different, and that is that these people every day are not only allowed to, but generally required by who they work for to sell you junk. That's their job, is to sell you junk. And you got to know that no matter how nice that person is you're dealing with, no matter how warm and wonderful they seem to be, no matter if you play golf with them or go to a religious congregation with them or they're your neighbor or whatever, or they're your brother-in-law's best friend, know that they, unless they agree to be a fiduciary and sign a legal document saying they are a fiduciary, they are in a position to sell you stuff that's rotten for you because it makes more money for them or it makes more money for the company they work for and they're required by that company to sell you junk. Please take this to heart and remember this to protect yourself. Speaking of something that you have to protect yourself from, Sharon is with us here on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. So this is a family show, and I'm going to let you cuss on the air, which is very unusual. You want to ask me about something called annuities, and that is a cuss word on our show. (laughs) Yes. I recall you discussing your dislike for annuities. I looked at your website to see if you had any comment on fixed annuities and couldn't find anything. What are your thoughts about fixed annuities? Annuities, And if you're not a fan of fixed annuities, where do you suggest I invest my money? Okay, so the idea of a fixed annuity is it's sold as kind of like a CD. And so in return for turning your money over to an insurance company for a set number of years, and how many years are you being asked to turn it over for? Do you know? Ten. Ten years. They guarantee you an interest rate for how many of those 10 years? About five. 
Okay, and then after that time, they can make the interest rate whatever they want, and but you're still committed to them for five more years. Correct. And so they could, in the next five years, they could make the interest rate basically uh, roughly nearly 0%, but you're still their prisoner for those full 10 years. Okay. So that's one of the reasons I don't like a fixed annuity. The second is that with a fixed annuity, you, if you need access to your money, you have to pay a huge penalty fee called a surrender charge. Were you told how much your surrender charge would be? No. Okay, so that's something that should be disclosed to you, but it, it could be something as high as uh, 9% of the money you put in if you need access to it before the 10 years is up. Okay. And so an annuity uh, like a fixed annuity is something that will be teased out as being a great thing because the interest rate they promote for the first three or five years will be higher than you can earn normally in something like a CD. What kind of interest rate are they promising you for five years? It's it's been about five 5.5%. 5.5%. And so 5.5% is, by today's standards, a great rate, and it's more than you can earn elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so that's the lure, that's the attraction of it. So the purpose of this money in your life is what? To future security. For how far down the road? I guess up until I retire, Right, and how far away is that? Oh gosh, I'm only forty-seven. Okay, so a fixed annuity is not a good choice um, at your age, even with a teaser rate of five percent. And the okay. reason is, is that you should be investing, not saving. Okay. Because you have so many years in front of you that you are better served by something is this money in an IRA of some kind or yes so uh, an annuity should never be inside an IRA okay and the reason for that is that an IRA is already a tax sheltered account an annuity is another form of tax sheltered account so you're paying for tax sheltering that you have to pay all these huge fees to the insurance company when you're already in an account that is tax sheltered. And since you're so far from retirement, you would be better served by something like, if you've ever heard me talk about a target retirement fund, is that a term you've ever heard me mention? Yes. Yes. So a target retirement fund is an ideal choice inside an IRA. Because your biggest concern is having your money grow and outrun inflation over the years. And so a target retirement fund, based on your age and the projected time when you're going to retire, invests your money in a variety of things so that you can, you can have that money grow over the years. In the short term, you could always lose money, but you're not looking at the short term. You're looking decades down the road. And think about who ends up wealthy in a capitalist society. Take risks, those that take risks. The, well, the owners of companies. 
And so when you invest, it makes you an owner. And you own little pieces of lots of different companies. And that's why an annuity of any kind inside an IRA is not appropriate. And at your age so far from retirement, a fixed annuity would definitely be a poor choice. So if you if you're really confused, don't understand whatever, you could go talk to somebody at one of the discount brokers like Charles Schwab or Fidelity Investments because they offer a variety of things you could invest in that if you're uncomfortable making those decisions yourself, you could get their help to do so. Schwab has a product called Intelligent Portfolios as an example. And both they and Fidelity have a bunch of target retirement funds you could look at that would be much more appropriate than doing a fixed annuity. So I know it sounds good, but remember, as many years as you've got, you need to invest. You need to own instead of being in a parking space, which is what savings are, CDs are, or something like a fixed annuity would be. Ray is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Ray? Yes, hi. How are you, Clark? Great, thank you, Ray. You have a question for me that I'm excited to have. Hit me with it if you could. Yes, so uh, my son is dating a really nice gal, and he just bought a house, and he is um, he would like to um, get engaged. And so we were talking about getting a ring for his girlfriend, and that would be his soon-to-be fiance. And so he wanted to make sure that he, he got something um, for when he proposed. And so I was listening to your show, and I, I heard you talking about these um, lab-created diamonds. And so I wanted to find out how I can help him get the best deal on a diamond, and one of my thoughts was um, maybe he should just buy the diamond and then him and his girlfriend, and after he proposes, his fiance could go and select the setting that she would like to have the diamond set in. That's very common and a, a thing that people do, or what people many times will do is they will put it in a very simple setting and then present the ring and then if later she wishes to get a more elaborately designed ring for the diamond, that's something that they would do later. Because the the ring itself, if you get a very simple one, is not a big expense versus the diamond. But I will say, I want to repeat something I've said before about the lab diamonds. They are apparently identical. There's no chemical difference between those and the ones dug out of the earth. It's just the quality of what you'll get will be better, and they'll be cheaper. But I feel that it's something that he should discuss with her in a general conversation rather than just spring on her in case to her it's not a real diamond to her like one that's been dug out of the earth. Um, yeah, I, I think they've had general conversations, and, and I, I think that she's actually probably more than fine with it when you, you, know, you think about that movie. You get so much more for your money yeah, and that, the brilliance. The movie Blood Diamond, right, and yep. all of that nonsense. I think that, that she'd actually prefer one that's, that's lab-created. Well, that, and I think that's going to be the trend across the country and across the world, 
the cost of these lab diamonds keeps going down and down and down versus traditional dug-out-of-the-earth diamonds as the companies become more sophisticated at making the lab diamonds and as there's more competition in this market, the price gap's getting larger and larger from dug-out-of-the-earth. And one company I can tell you that has come on our radar is BrilliantEarth.com. I don't know if that's one that he's looked at. But the other thing is that it's potentially really great to look at buying a used diamond. Uh, A lot of times uh, people will change their minds or want to sell a diamond or whatever, and diamonds in the secondhand market go for much less money than a diamond that you go buy at a traditional jeweler, and that's an alternative as well as he shops for diamonds. And congratulations to your son. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. And Joel, what you got? Clark, we got one from Julie. She says, I know I've heard you talk about a way to check and see if an old life insurance policy is worth keeping. How do I do that? So there's a nonprofit consumer group called the Consumer Federation of America, and they offer an evaluation service for life insurance policies. It's $135 to have a policy evaluated, money well spent because it's totally uh, hands-off. They just evaluate if your policy is good or not. They tell you what paperwork they need. There's a special website you can see what you need to do to get this done. That is evaluatelifeinsurance.org. Again, evaluatelifeinsurance.org. All right. And Kim wrote in, she says, uh, do you have any tips on finding a really good, maybe even the best and safest online bank to do business with? Well, if you're just doing a savings account, as long as they're FDIC insured, the best is whoever's paying the best rates. So (laughs) I know that seems silly, but online banks are paying two point something percent generally on simple savings accounts. Many of them require a minimum deposit of a dollar to open. Others may require, you know, a thousand, five thousand, whatever. But the interest rates are so much better than you can earn elsewhere that that's what I like for you to look at. Go to bankrate.com, click on savings rates, click on the full list that gets you outside of their advertisers and see what's best. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.